To be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else is the greatest accomplishment. This is Walking Your Talk, a podcast about leadership, authenticity, and courage. I'm Carolyn Taylor. Over my career, I've worked with well over 100,000 leaders in every kind of organization. People who are committed to closing the gap between their own values and those of their organization and how they show up every day. I wrote a book called Walking the Talk on how you change corporate culture, but this is much more personal. If you want to be known as someone who walks their talk, then this podcast is for you. I think what Emerson doesn't say in that quote is why is it the greatest accomplishment and what are the benefits of actually being a values-driven person as an individual, as a team, and ultimately as an organization. At a personal level, when I meet people who I would describe as being very values-driven, they have an aura about them. And I think when I feel at my most values-driven, I feel good about myself because I know that I'm being true to myself. And the best way of describing that is, imagine if you are walking down the street and you find someone's wallet that's dropped, or you know, you're sitting at an airport and someone's left it on a chair or something. Have you ever actually handed in a wallet that you found? I know that I did once. And I went home feeling unbelievably good positively sanctimonious about myself. You know, I had done a good thing today. It wasn't so much about not taking the money because I had money in my own wallet, but it was about queuing up and bothering to find the place you had to hand it in. And, you know, all that drama you have to go through at the police station. You know, it all takes time. So I had made a small sacrifice and, you know, somebody was going to be extremely happy. And I remember there was another time where I actually found someone's passport on the train and I rang them up and said, oh, I found your passport on the train. What would you like me to do? And I ended up sending it to them. And they sent me this lovely letter afterwards, just about, you know, most people wouldn't bother and were so pleased to do it. And I felt pretty damn good about myself. So in the end, I think, you know, why is values driven worth it? Because it makes you, you know that you're right. You're living the right life when you do that. And on an organizational level, of course, it's unbelievably motivating. You know, people love to work for an organization that they know is values driven, that is doing their best to do that. It's, it's extremely rewarding as an employee to be a part of that. So that's why we're going to explore this. And I want to start by saying that the first thing about that, the first thing that you notice about people and organizations who are values driven is that they have really worked out what they think is right and wrong. And they're prepared to live by that. And by living by that, that includes doing difficult things, painful things perhaps, things that involve some sacrifice on your part. Because you have had to live by a code of ethics, and that code of ethics may mean that you have to make a short-term sacrifice, maybe of profit, maybe of you know, being liked by somebody because you know you're doing the right thing. I get to work with so many leaders and aspiring leaders in organizations that I do get to watch values in action. And I have to say that there is definitely a scale of how strongly people are prepared to stand up for 
and live by a code, a moral code of what they think is right and wrong. It would be something that I could judge somebody on really quite quickly. And many people do do what is expedient. And they justify that because they say that's what we have to do to survive. And if it's a bigger organization in a work sense, very often that's what we have to do to make a profit. Or if you're working in a government sector, that's what we have to do to please the minister or some other variation of that. Perhaps an individual will say, that's what I have to do to please the boss. That's what I have to do to fit in with the culture here and to keep my job. All extremely valid reasons why being expedient is often a wise thing to do. But it's not a values-driven thing to do. And that's what I want to explore in these series of podcasts, is how do you, as an individual, stand up for values? And as an organization, how do you become more values-driven in an environment where you do still have to make a profit and you do still have to please the boss to some extent and you do want to keep your job? So being values-driven is by no means a given in our society or in our organizations. Even though every organization I know now has a set of values, many of them are not what I would call values-driven. And that, of course, is why there's a cynicism People get cynical. They say, oh, leaders don't walk the talk. And that's, I think, what they mean by that. How does that leave people feeling who work in those organizations? What I've noticed is you start to close down the part of you that is led by a moral compass. And you no longer really are authentic. You're not walking your own personal talk. Some people feel that very keenly. Something dies inside of them their passion, their sense of moral indignation, and they become a shadow to an extent of who they really are and can be. And I wonder about you in that regard. I wonder if you think about yourself and where you work, the extent to which you're having to close down some part of yourself in order to stay there, and that whether that actually causes you to give up on some of your passion and to start playing other games, the political games, the games about me winning over other people, the games about keeping my head below the parapet and not getting myself into trouble. Then for other people, I think that that has happened so completely that I don't really think that they feel the loss anymore. It's just how life is. And that's sad too, of course. Perhaps a survival mechanism, but it's sad too. So how do you refine your mojo and be more true to your values? And how do you find out, in fact, what your true values are, if you have lost your way a little bit of that? And how do those values, your personal values, marry with the values of your organization? With all of that, then, how do you live authentically by walking your talk? Big questions, I think, for other 10-minute podcasts here, but we'll start on some of them. Remember that courage from last week's podcast comes from the root meaning of heart, cora, the Latin, and age, meaning to act. So I think the first step in being values-driven is actually to work out for yourself, what do you feel very strongly about? What do you hold strongly in your heart? 
for many, the answer would be their family. That would be the first answer. If you have a family and you say to people, what do you really value? They will often say that as the first. For others, it may be a cause. They may say taking care of the environment, for example, is a value they hold very strongly. And for yet others, it's a way of living or a way of being. Freedom, for example, as a value, or loyalty, or respect. All of those can be the things that you value the most. So if you're not sure where to start on that, what I'd suggest you do is to find a list of common values. You can find them on the internet. We have a list of about 50 that we use quite regularly, and if you can't find a list on the internet, ping me on LinkedIn and I'll send you through a list. So what we will often do is, you know, you have a list of 50 values and it might include things like family and good health, uh, being generous might be a value, many things. And uh, what we get people to do is to sort them into three piles. You cut them up into little cards. And one pile are things that are definitely values for me. One pile are things that are definitely not. So, for example, security has never been a strong value of mine, although as I'm getting older, it might maybe have gone up a little bit, but certainly when I was young, that was not a value. And then there are some that are in the middle as maybe. And then you take the top list and you start to rank them. You know, so you really can find your top three and you rank them by going, if I couldn't have this and this, which one would I choose? And you end up with a list of things that really are important to you. And of course, an organization can also have values, customer centricity, teamwork, integrity. They're often similar, but a little bit less personal. So customer centricity, for example, at the personal level might be service or caring. And accountability, as you would have seen from our earlier podcasts on accountability, at a personal level is keeping your word or honor. So that's your exercise for this week, to work out a list of what you really value, what comes at the top of your hierarchy at a personal level. And then if you work for an organization that has values, or maybe you just run your own business and you have values, see where there are links and if there are links and whether or not what you value most strongly personally is going to help you or hinder you in contributing to the organizational values or the organizational cultural goals or principles. Different organizations call them different things. So two parts to the exercise. One is to come up with a list of values that are most important for you. And the second is to compare them and see where the links are and how you could contribute and whether or not there's a conflict. To compare your personal values to the values of your organization and see where there are links and are there any places where there is potentially a conflict? Next week, we're going to look more deeply at this issue of the values hierarchy and what it actually means when you want to become values-driven.